Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal amount invested. Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Mike Miller, your host for today. we got a special treat for you. Alan Cox came up all the way from... Uh, Hotlanta, we call it sometimes, Atlanta, to join me today. Welcome, Alan, to uh, the microphone today. Thank you. So, Alan is the Director of Estate Slash Trust Planning and Estate Settlement at Ronald Blue Trust, in, uh, in based in Alpharetta, near just outside of Atlanta. And he's been working in this area of tax and estates for, uh, I guess we'll just say a long time. Yes. Is that good enough <laughs> to say a long time? So he knows his stuff. So we have an expert in the studio. So if you've got, we're going to be talking about the SECURE Act. So that's all capitalized, S-E-C-U-R-E, SECURE Act, which was just enacted at the end of last year, just at the, at the ninth hour, really, coming in at the end of the last year. It made significant changes to IRA rules, contribution rules, and distribution rules. I've alluded to a few of the features of it over the last couple of weeks, but I've been doing my best to defer all the questions till today, Alan, so that we can ask the expert. But if you've got a question about the SECURE Act as we go into it and you want to go more in detail about something, or if you've got just a tax or it's a great time to ask an estate question as well, our phone line is open, 877-235-9405. That's a toll-free number. You can text a question there as well, 877 877- Two three five nine four zero five. All right, so we're going to jump right into this Secure Act, and I've got a question from a listener that came in this week. I want to touch on that that has to do with uh, a, really a part of the Secure Act. Um, but uh, this Secure Act just went into to effect last year. So give us a, a brief summary. Right, what is that? What, is it, what is, I don't even remember what it means. I should have written it out. Well, Setting means, every community up for retirement enhancement. I see it right there right, on the notes. Right. Okay. <laughs> so everybody memorize that. Yeah, no, you don't really want yeah. to memorize that. So secure is good enough. So what um, what happened there? President Trump was um, trying to make something happen at the end of last year. Well, it was interesting because this uh, originally came out in July of last year. And we didn't think it was going to go anywhere because they they wouldn't have the votes. Uh, especially right, in the right. Senate to pass it. Sure. So we, that's what I thought. We just kept looking at it and thinking, okay, so nothing's going to happen. Well, now we get down to the ninth hour and the appropriations trying to set the budget. Well, they tacked this thing up into the appropriations bill. Yeah. And it got passed and it just right before Christmas time. So Merry Christmas to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Basically what it did and it there only, are some good features to it. So it's it only like, yeah. impacts. Uh, those that have retirement accounts. Right. So those that have a, a retirement plan with their employer or they have a IRA account, that's an individual retirement account. And it impacts not only when they take the mandatory distributions out. Right. right. That's the one thing that changed. It went from seven and a half now to 72. So if you turn seven and a half in 2019, then you have to continue to take those out 
on the scheduled distribution. So you could have turned 70 already this past year, but as long as that 70 and a half number doesn't hit till 2020, then you can actually delay yours till 72 if you want. Right? That's correct. Right. That's correct. And the question we get from a lot of people is, okay, I turned 70 and a half in 19. I didn't take my mandatory distribution because I have till April 1 April of 2020. Right. So if I take out my distribution in 2020, do I still have to take another distribution? The answer is yes. Yes. So if you deferred that first year at 70 and a half, you'll have to take two distributions in 2020 and you'll have to continue taking your mandatory distributions because you turned seven and a half in 2019. Right. So you're based on the old rules. It doesn't matter if you delayed that first one or not. That's correct. Right. Yeah. That's correct. And, and some I, people do that. I mean, it's been a pretty good planning tool. If somebody was working, they'd stopped working last year when they returned seven, seven and a half. And so they had a lot of ordinary income and didn't want to tack on a required minimum distribution on top of that. They said, well, I'll just defer that one to April 1st. And then, and then, right. uh, lucky them, they get to take out two, but it still may work out well for them. Right. Or better for them anyway. And the good thing is, is that we now have gotten past this 70 and a half. We, we, none of us really realize or understand how did they come up with 70 and a half? That's such <laughs> or a 59 nice. 59 and a half. How did they come up with 59 and a half? Yeah, it's so yeah. easy to remember, right? Yeah. So now <laughs> once you turn 72, you now have to start taking your distributions out. Yeah. So the other major change is is not when you have to take them out, but also when you have beneficiaries named. And the the technique before was to okay, I'll take those out under my minimum distributions, but I want to leave this to my children and grandchildren, and they can quote stretch out the payment over their lifetime. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a a child that's a thirty year old, they can stretch that out for another. 60 years and right. only take a little bit minimum distribution and that allowed that to grow and that income to be deferred over the child's lifetime or the even to the grandchild yeah. that has now changed right we now have a 10-year rule now congress tried to make it really easy to where okay all we're <laughs> going to do is just put in the 10-year where we need to and if you don't have a qualified beneficiary uh now you're under a different set of rules. So we still have these old rules, new rules that we have to deal with. And that's where it comes in the complexity after Congress made it supposedly really simple. So let's, let's, uh, come back to reality a little bit, Alan. So <laughs> uh, we do have clients that are taking the requirement of distribution and they are stretching as a beneficiary. They are stretching that, those payments out over the lifetime. We do have some. In reality, and I don't know if you have any statistics that are aware of this or have read something any time about how many beneficiaries actually do take advantage of the stretch IRA provisions and how many of them pick up their check on the way back from the funeral home and say, look, we want our money now. We're not, we don't care about the taxes. It's like free money. So let's just get the money out of the IRA. Who cares about the taxes? We'll pay the taxes and I can do whatever I want to with the money. Forget the stretch because I don't care about the taxes. I mean, in, in reality, a lot of people never take the stretch. Right. But those that have the stretch, they're grandfathered. So keep the stretch. Sure. Don't don't do anything to yeah. mess up that stretch if that's what you wanted to have yeah. in place. It's only going forward that that stretch is no longer going to work. There's a few exceptions to that, yeah. which we could get in later. Uh, yeah. But yeah. another yeah. another uh, element that didn't change that people were taking advantage of 
over 70 and a half, you could make a qualified charitable dis, dis, distribution, distribution called a, C, a QCD. Mm-hmm. That's still in play. So even though you don't require to take distributions now until 72 and you turned it to 70 and a half, you can, you can go ahead and make those. Uh, this yeah. year. And there's some, and we've talked about the QCD many, many times over the years on talking money, but uh, in light of this change, we need to rehash it. And, and I've had a number of people tell me, listeners tell me, even a former producer here at the station that told me, he said, Mike, you know, d- don't, um, don't feel bad or I really would encourage you to cover some of these topics multiple times because most of us aren't going to get it <laughs> the first time, maybe not the second time, maybe not the third time. You know, we deal with this stuff every day, Alan. So it's, it's just part of our DNA, but people that are listening, especially the listening now on their, our way to taking the kids to, to soccer practice or they're, or they're head, heading to, to Home Depot or Lowe's or something for their, their projects and they're, they're kind of half listening. So the, the rule of thumb is seven times to hear seven something. Seven times. Okay. <laughs> well, we won't do it seven times today, but we'll get in. So, uh, related to the, the qualified charitable distribution, had a question from a, a listener that we'll, we'll bring up right after the break that, uh, he's, uh, listening and he's asking about the, the QCD and, uh, I'll, I'll read the question. Uh, right before the break, and then we'll come back and, and kick off after this. So he says, I enjoyed your radio show today and every Saturday. I have, I, I have reinforced, it reinforced the direction, I think is what he's trying to say, I have chosen for this year. I turned 70 years old in September of 2019 and intend to make qualified distributions for my IRA, it's a rollover from a 401k, to my church and other charitable organizations. These will be distributed by check directly to the organizations, so a QCD. My question is about using these contributions as itemized deductions on my Schedule A. Can you take both the itemized tax exemptions as a qualified distribution and take advantage uh, of the itemized deduction? So you probably covered this on the show, but I missed it. Thanks for your help. Okay, so we know what the answer is real quickly, but we'll we'll defer it and make everybody wait a couple a couple of minutes after the break. So if you got a question for Alan Cox, uh, CPA, who's director for state trust planning and estate settlement at Ronald Blue Trust out of Atlanta, you can text a question or call a question. The phone number is easy eight seven seven. It's a toll free number eight seven seven two three five nine four zero five two three five nine four zero five. We'll be right back. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I am pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust sponsor Talking Money to help educate listeners about financial planning, so you have the information needed to help you make more informed and hopefully better decisions. When a Ronald Blue Trust advisor meets with prospective clients, their goal is to determine if any of our services are a good fit for them. They don't sell any products like annuities or life insurance, and as a fiduciary, work to serve your best interest. Perhaps you just need a financial physical from the Everyday Steward Division without any ongoing monitoring, or you're about to retire and need to work with the Private Wealth Division to map out a financial path and then help implement and continuously monitor that plan. Ronald Blue Trust Advisors act like your quarterback, coordinating the advice you receive from your accountant, your state attorney, life insurance agent, and in some instances, even your investment advisor. You can learn more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com, send an email to greenville at ronblue.com, or call the Greenville office at 800-588-7526 or 864-233-7405. Now back to Talking Money. And we just passed 19 after the hour here on Talking Money. You're listening to Mike Miller. This is Talking Money and has been for over 13 years in the 14th year of Talking Money. 
So glad to be with you and glad to help you make better financial decisions. That's what we're here for. We're not here to sell anything. The Ronald Blue Trust does not sell anything. I don't sell anything. We're here to educate and try to make you a better purchaser of things, uh, maybe help you spend less money on something that you shouldn't be spending money on. Today we're talking about the SECURE Act. So it's one of those recently passed pieces of legislation that impacts anyone that has a retirement plan, anyone that has an IRA type of plan, which would mean even a qualified plan eventually is probably going to be in an IRA. So it's going to affect all that. So Alan Cox, CPA, is a director of estate and trust planning and estate settlement at Ronald Blue Trust out of Atlanta. How long have you been in, in a role or similar role to that at uh, Ronald Blue? 27 years, 27 at, years at Ronald Blue. Okay. And, and before that, even more experience. I, prior to that, I was... Uh, in a law firm setting, and then a CPA firm for 11 years. Yeah. So, so plenty of experience here. So if you want to <clears> tap <throat> into that experience and get some of that uh, knowledge that's uh, all tied up into in Alan's brain, now's the time to do it. So we've got a text line and a phone line, 877-235-9405. Same number for both. You can text or uh, call us in a question, 877-235-9405. Talking about the SECURE Act. And right before the break, we mentioned, had a question from a listener. This was from Wayne. I don't remember where he's from, but this is Wayne. And he'd asked essentially about using the QCD. So we confirmed that the QCD was a good thing for him to do, that he could, should keep doing that. But he's, he's turning seven and a half, not till March, Alan. And he's asking, can I take a, um, contribution? Can I put, list that on my itemized deductions? on my Schedule A, in addition to using the Qualified Charitable Distribution? Well, the answer to that question is no. No? Yeah, quick quick answer. <laughs> but the good, the good news is that under the SECURE Act, it did not change the QCD for 70.5. So, so when he turns 70.5, he can take the QCD. But the, the technical part of the QCD is that you're going to get a 1099 showing the total amount distributed. And it'll, it'll show out there that you took a distribution and then it'll show amount that was taxable, the taxable distribution part. So then you need to make sure that you tell your tax preparer, Hey, I did a QCD. So they just don't show the whole amount on your, uh, yeah. on your tax return. But the QCD actually is above the line deduction where the itemized deduction would not be. And then so also the with, the, yeah. with the increased standard deduction they may not be able to itemize and the whole reason they're doing the qcd is so they can have that deduction taken above the line yeah that's part of it and also just being able to take that making sure you take that money out to complete the tax-free reduces and you can take more than the rmd if you want to up to a hundred thousand dollars if you want to maybe accelerate some giving and get that uh, balance down so that in future years your requirement of distribution may be less depending on how your investments do and all that kind of thing. So with a standard deduction for for him because he's seven and a half, so he's got twenty four thousand eight hundred for twenty twenty plus thirteen hundred dollars for he and his spouse. So he's got a pretty good size standard deduction. You've got to be able to that's including your ten thousand limit on your state and local taxes. So that's a limit of that on your state income taxes and your property taxes yes. and all that and your contributions. And that's that's pretty much what most people would take. That's got to be above this amount, almost he's like $27,000, whatever that is, right. for him to even de- deduct it. So this way he deducts it, what you say, above the line, which means it's before his adjusted gross income on page one. Right. And, and that's also the number they use for determining how much your 
your Medicare premium may be, right. your how limits. much of your Social Security mm-hmm. might be included as taxable income. There's several pieces that, that AGI is used for that having it reduce that versus even if you're able to deduct it, taking that as standard deduction, it's still better to do the QCD than it is to do uh, an itemized deduction, right? Yes, correct. Right. So when you've got those those numbers and you're looking at the two, and and I've even had we talked what we talked about a few weeks ago, Alan. I'll, I'll assume you agree with us and put you on the spot. Maybe it puts me on the spot. <laughs> so had a another caller that was asking about um, he he did a lot of gifting of appreciated securities. He didn't even know about the qualified charitable distribution. This was a guy that's pretty savvy. You would think surely his advisor, somebody would have told him about a QCD. He was seventy three or four. Um, so I recommended that he, instead of taking the appreciated property and using that as a gift, that he use the QCD instead as much as he could because he's going to be reducing ordinary income and all he's saving on the other side is, is the max 20% long-term capital gain. Assuming his income is even high enough to do that, he might even be giving away property that he might have a zero capital gain on, not long-term gain because he's in that, uh, 12% tax bracket. Right, and also if he's a, an investor, has an investment income, and he's he's pulling that that required minimum distribution in his taxable income, that's throwing his taxable income number up to where he's, in essence, having to pay that extra Medicare right. tax on his investment income. So if you can reduce your taxable income directly, anytime you can do that, you're better off even if you can, in addition to that, give appreciated property. Mm-hmm. So always... I always recommend, if if possible, to do the QCD. One of the elements of the QCD, though, is that you're not able to have the ability to give to a donor advised fund, private foundation, or so, something that, that you would be doing with your other charitable giving, uh, unless the donor advised fund has a specific single charity. Right. So that, yeah. so the, the IRS wants to make sure if you're going to use that QCD that you give it to an individual charity yeah. and not yeah. put it into a donor advice fund where you're going to park it and maybe distribute it out over over 10 or so years. So the Secure Act is talking about beneficiary IRA as well and having that limit of 10 years. How about if I use a QCD if I'm over seven and a half and I'm a beneficiary of an inherited IRA? How about if I do that? You could do that. Huh? I don't yeah. think so. I don't think an error in IRA can be used for a QCD. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, you're correct. No, I'm yeah, trying to confuse you. Trying to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, my no, understanding is if that if you yeah. have an inherited IRA, right. you you want to you want to preserve that inherited IRA and continue to do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and even if you get over seven and a half, you can't use that as a, right. As no, a, you have to be the original participant in order to qualify for the QCD. All right, so we have um, the change where we uh, can still make the QCD at seven and a half, but we don't have to start taking out distribution until we the the end of the year that we turn seventy two. So, do you think someone should still use the QCD if they can above seven and a half, uh, and not just wait till seventy two when they have to take the required minimum distribution? Is that maybe still a tax efficient way of doing that? Well, again, it depends on their individual situation and whether they're able to take itemized deductions and and what what their taxable income is yeah. who do they have as the beneficiaries of that retirement account do they want that to uh just go to the spouse or do they need that for future retirement needs it just really depends on your own situation but yeah. 
kind of the to answer the general rule, the general rule is to look to do the QCD yeah. first. And and does that make sense for you to do that? Yeah. Uh, another element that changed in the SECURE Act was that you're now able to make contributions to an IRA mm. after 70 and a half. Yeah, that is a big change. So a, a traditional, you could make Roth contributions above that, but not traditional. So right. now you can and take these a traditional. Are, so these are tax-deductible contributions yeah. to an IRA okay. if you have the earned income up to 7000 now that's a, be careful. That, let's make sure you, that, that's, that was careful. an if you made in there. Let's make sure everybody understands that if, because you have to have earned income. It you can't do. be that, oh, I've got my requirement of distribution. I'll go ahead and make a contribution to my IRA, even though you're not working anymore. You right. have to have at least right. made as much as you contribute. It doesn't have to be more than that. If you right. made 7000 and you qualify for a $7,000 uh, contribution, as long as you earned that much doing whatever, taking golf carts around, greeting at Walmart, whatever it was, you made 7000 You can put that money into into that IRA now. Right. And, and you have to be careful that that uh, max you can contribute is is reduced over 65000 for an in, a single individual, 104000 That starts being reduced. Well, that's if they're... They're participants in a qualified plan, though, right? Right. They have to be participants. So if they're not participants in a qualified plan, we don't have those phase-out rules. Right. So, I mean, it's, yeah, the odds are somebody's 70s. Yeah, depending on where you're working, you may still be part of a qualified plan. You're still making putting contributions in a 401K, and you could still do that as long as you weren't, what, at least a 5% owner if you were still working for somebody. But now you can do an IRA in addition to that if you qualify for it. Right. And and so with with the fact that you can make the QCD at seven and a half, and you can make contributions, tax deductible contributions to an IRA at yeah. seven and a half, you better watch. Be careful. And, and be careful because you're going to reduce the QCD and cause taxable income to the amount that you made contributions. Okay. To the deductible IRA. I'm not. I'm not going to let you get off the hook with mentioning that once. We're going to have to go through that again just to make sure everybody understands what you just said because that's an important part. But we're coming up to the bottom of the hour break. We have to take that break. If you've got a question for Alan Cox, CPA, eight seven seven two three five nine four zero five. You can text or call eight seven seven two three five nine four zero five. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust has four distinct divisions that work with clients across the wealth spectrum, private wealth, everyday steward, family office, and the professional athlete division. The company's largest division, private wealth, is designed to provide financial guidance for clients with an investable net worth of $1 million or higher. Private wealth advisors can provide advice in many areas, including managing cash flow, growing assets while decreasing debt, overseeing investment portfolios, developing tax-efficient estate and strategic giving plans, and utilizing trust services if needed, all with the big picture in view. The Private Wealth Division has 14 branch offices across the United States, including Greenville. For more information on Ronald Blue Trust branch offices and the advisors serving there, please visit www.ronblue.com. Now back to Talking Money. 
And welcome back to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Mike Miller, your host, 877-235-9405. is our text line, phone line. I do have to make, uh, Alan and I were talking about it and, and uh, talking about whether or not an inherited IRA could be used as a QCD. My understanding was that I didn't think you could. Alan thought you could. So Eddie Holland, who's our CPA at our office that's uh, listening, as obviously, sent me a text with some IRS stuff and questions. And he says, yes, once you get seven and a half, you can do that. So not surprised. Alan's right. I'm wrong. So we'll, let's, we'll move off that subject. But, but, uh, we're still looking at that, uh, whether or not if, if you're a participant in a qualified plan, Eddie, you can look at this too. If you're a participant in a qualified plan, um, is there a, a, a phase out limitation on how much you can put into an IRA if you and your spouse are neither one of participants in a qualified plan? We want to make sure that we're giving everybody the right information. Right now we want to go to Jack, who's got a question for us. He's calling us from Anderson, South Carolina. Good morning, Jack, and welcome to Talking Money. Thank you, Mike and Alan. Appreciate you taking the call. Sure. Where specific, specifically on my tax form do I take credit for the qualified charitable distribution? My okay. wife and I are both over 70 and a half. Okay. We're be taking the $27,000 minimum this year because we don't have individual expenses or itemized expenses for that amount. So in 2019, we made $8,500 in qualified charitable distributions from an IRA. Where specifically do I put that on which tax form this year? Because I understand they've changed too. Yeah. Okay. Well, Alan, I I think I know which line it is even, but go oh, ahead. Okay. Well, the, I think it's four. Know, I think you, it's four A and B. I think is the the new IRA right, distribution well, you, rules. You know more than I do. I <laughs> I don't do a preparation of individual income tax returns, but it is on the front page of the tax return. Right. You, you have to report the gross amount that came out of. And you'll, you'll pick that up off of your 1099-R that you'll receive from the institution that made those distributions out. And then right below that will be the amount that would be excluded by the QCD. And then that subtotal comes over to your uh, tax return to be included. Yeah. I, and I, I th- Excuse me for interrupting, but I think you just said that's going to be a portion of my 1099-R. It'll show what portion of... My total distribution was a QCD. I don't think it shows. So. It doesn't identify as a QCD. So I, you thought that it did show a part that was taxable or not. But what you what you'll do is essentially take the full amount that comes on that 1099 that was taken from the IRA. That'll go online, I think, for A, and then you reduce for B by the amount of the QCD. So you'll reduce the amount that's on that for A by the 8,500 and put the reduced amount on for B, which is the amount that's going to come on down to your adjusted gross income and be taxable. And then you you write in. I I think some softwares are now even letting you type that in the the, the initials QCD right next to it, so the IRS knows that that was um, the difference is not taxable because you did a QCD. And, and what's the new form number for it? It's a short form, I'm assuming. Well, uh, I, I looked at the 1040, uh, so I just I looked up a week or so ago. That's why I knew which line I think yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, was the 1040, and, and that's what it came up with. And uh, but I didn't. I wasn't looking at a 1040 easy or anything like that. But uh, whatever line it is that has the IRA distributions on it, then that's the one you would put the full amount of the 1099. So other, if you don't put the full amount there, then the IRS is going to flag and say, wait a minute, we've got a 1099 that says you took out. Eighteen thousand five hundred. You only put down ten thousand. 
So you put the 18,005 there and then put the 10,000 on line B because that's the amount that is actually taxable is the 10,000, not the full 18,500, whatever amount it is you took out. I'll tell you, this is just an incredible, uh, this tax, the Trump tax plan is just so good for us. We want to continue to give to charities, churches, and organizations that we support that are qualified. And it's just wonderful that we can take that additional amount off of our net income. And so many people don't know anything about it. I think the tax people just aren't, aren't explaining it properly or telling them that they could use it. I just, God bless my tax guy for letting us know last year what this was all about. And he said, I know that you and your wife give every year and you give substantially and there's a way you can get additional amounts. And uh, it, it's really wonderful. So thank you both for taking the time on this show to explain it to people. So, yeah, you're talking about the qualified charitable distribution? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. Because that was done before the the Trump enacted that. It, it was done. A, it was it was came and go came and went for a couple of years. They kept on right. delaying it. And then they finally made it permanent. And they made it permanent in 2016 or 17 or something like that. They finally made it permanent. But it was, yeah. the, the, there, there was, was a phase out. Yeah. On it too. Yeah. So now now the cap is there's not an income limit or anything. So you can take and do that. Up to a hundred thousand, which is, like you said, yeah. it <clears throat> it's a great benefit. And your tax person that you referenced that told you about it will know how to report that on your tax return. Yeah, right. and that's and that's the thing. You're right, Jack. I mean, it is something that's. And I'm amazed, as I mentioned earlier in, in the show today, this fellow I was talking to a few weeks ago that said he'd never heard of the qualified charitable distribution. No. So it's amazing. I guess their, their, their tax preparer doesn't know it. Their financial advisor doesn't know it, who really should. And they're not listening to talking money either. So I guess they're, they're strike three for them. Yep. Just real quickly, just remember, yep. Trump was made president in 2016, so I give that guy the credit for okay. everything. God bless. Okay. Take care. Thank we'll, you. Again. We'll give it to him. All right. Thanks for the call, <laughs> okay, Jack. Bye. Okay. Bye. Yeah. As, as a lot of people, uh, it's, it's, and you hear this on talk radio, that's why uh, all week long, that's why I don't talk about it very much, is that you've got the the people that are because they just don't like President Trump's uh, personality, the way he handles things, the way he tweets, whatever. They're they're throwing out the baby with the bathwater and saying, you know, we don't care how much other good stuff has happened uh, to the economy and to the strength of the, the, I guess I think really the safety of of the U.S. and and so forth. They just they just don't like him. Period. So uh, that's the way it goes. So um, back to the uh, no adjusted gross income limit. Uh, so my 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 good buddy Eddie from the the office, he's also a CPA and, and a CFA. Uh, he double checked it. So yes, there is no AGI limit if you're covered by a qualified plan. That's only if you are covered by a qualified plan. Okay. Then you have, and that's for the deductible IRA. That's not counting the Roth. Right. There's there is the, there's limits for the Roth, but right. for deductible. Um, and it, there's there's limits also. It's got to be both spouses that don't qualify, right. that, that aren't a, an active participant. Right. If one is, then there is limits for the other one. But as long as you're, and that, but that limit's higher. It's like 150,000. I've got it. I've got it. Uh, the, the other phase out, right? It's like married filing jointly is 196 to 206. So you got to be making pretty good income not to be qualified to make a Roth if one of you is um, a participant, active participant in a in a qualified plan. Okay, so. Um, it pays to check your beneficiaries. Uh, some people have said, uh, and this is what we want to talk about uh, more after the break, but they've gotten around the the problem that they think is going to happen with their children. They don't want them to get all the IRA money all at once. And so this this new 10-year rule said, oh, okay, now I, they've already put their money in trust. So I used a conduit trust or a pass-through trust for my IRA 
so that my kids don't get it and can't take it over 10 years. But that's going to be affected by this new rule, this new um, act as well, right? That's correct. Yeah. So referred to as a conduit trust would qualify as a designated beneficiary, and you could stretch that IRA distribution out over the life of the trust beneficiary. And Mm -hmm. now you have a, a, for a conduit trust, to stretch that out, the trust had to be drafted in such a way that whatever the required distribution was out of the IRA would come into the trust. The trust would be required to pay that out to the beneficiary. Mm -hmm. So the provisions in the trust require that all the income be distributed out to the beneficiary. So if you're under the now the two 10-year limit, that means that IRA has to be paid out to that trust within 10 years. You could wait until the 10th year to make that distribution. If you do, then the whole IRA is going to be distributed to the child, the beneficiary of that trust, the 10th year. That may go counter to what your distribution plans of your state is. So we say that not only every estate that has a trust named as a beneficiary, but every estate needs to be reexamined, and you have to look at who the beneficiaries of your IRA and make sure that those are going to fulfill the intended desires that you have. So it may be that you look at those and look at your other assets of your state and you say, oh, wait, you know what? This is going to be distributed to the children. I can't control that. You know, maybe it is that we use this for charity. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it just really takes a whole perspective back to look at your assets, look at your state plan, look at your IRA beneficiary designations and make sure that all of that is in line with what you want with your disposition plan. Yeah. Okay. That's that's, uh, good advice. So um, we got to, we got to take our our last break. I do want to mention as I did last week that if you've got any questions about, or would like to learn more about these topics that were covered on the show today, you you can reach out to your financial advisor. If you don't have a trusted financial advisor that that, uh, you can call Ronald Blue Trust Greenville office, we think it's important that you that you have uh, one av- advisor that that um, shares your values and their your world your Christian worldviews your biblical worldviews. Uh, so if you have any questions about that, you can call Ronald Blue Trust Greenville office at 800-588-7526, or you can send an email to Greenville at ronblue.com dot com and uh, and get more information about that. So we encourage you to do that. We we uh, have put uh, Wayne on hold for here for through the break so we can get uh, the official uh, pay the bills type break and then we'll get back after that. If you got another question you want to get in after Wayne is done, 877-235-9405. Toll-free text line or you can also of course call. This is a live call-in program. We love your phone calls. 877-235-9405. We'll be right back. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I am pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust as the sponsor of Talking Money. As a trust company with clients in all 50 states, Ronald Blue Trust can serve as trustee, backup trustee, or even personal representative, what we used to call the executor or executrix. This can be a valuable service, especially if you'd like to pass on your values and not just your valuables to your heirs. Your heirs will probably have one of two perspectives. Either they will say something like, what am I going to inherit, which is usually the common perspective, or they will ask, what is going to be entrusted to me? What talents will I be responsible to manage? Tim Kimmel, director of Family Matters, said it well, quote, you can't leave character to your trust account. 
You can't write your values into the will. You can't bank traits like courage, honesty, and compassion in a safe deposit box. What we need is a plan, a long-term strategy to convey our convictions to the next generation, unquote. Estate and trust planning are about much more than saving taxes or simply making sure your assets get transferred efficiently to your children. You can find out more about Ron Blue Trust at ronblue.com, send an email to greenville at ronblue.com, or call the Greenville office at 864-233-7405 or 1-800-588-PLAN. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. All right, we're back with Talking Money. We have just about 10 minutes left today. We've got uh, Wayne going to take on the phone, and we've got a couple of texts, good texts we want to get to as well. So let's uh, quickly go to Wayne calling us from Greenwood. Good morning, Wayne. Welcome to Talking Money. Good morning. I'll clarify Jack's question very simply. Okay. I'm looking at my Form 1040. Okay. On line 4A, Four. you will report the gross amount of the IRA along with any other pensions and annuities. Right. Then on line 4B you subtract the amount that has been transferred directly to churches or any other types of charities <laughs> and right. net the difference and report it on line 4B. And our software, which is Drake, and I have previously used TaxWise, puts in QCD in capitals. It will. Okay. I thought they were doing on that On the right-hand side of the words taxable amount, in other words, between the gross amount and the amount that is taxed. And I should also point out that if your Social Security is not 85% taxable, this has a multiplying effect of reducing the taxable Social Security, and so will get you considerably more than the 10 or 12% tax bracket that you might be in. Absolutely. If you're yeah. in the 22% tax bracket, your Social Security is going to be 85% taxable, most likely. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and this would at least help reduce, potentially reduce that. So, all right, Wayne, I appreciate the clarification. I was glad I had the right to, the right line number. I didn't know and, if I remember that correctly or not. It so it's absolutely amazing the number of returns I have picked up from CPAs and prepared in CPA offices that the people have never been told. But it's a... Leave your stuff, and we'll get it done. Okay. You know, All right, Wayne. They sit down and talk to me. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks for the call. Okay. Good job. All right. Thanks for listening, as always. Okay. So we got a couple of texts here. We got one uh, this, that asks, can I move my 401K from my high-expense employer plan to another qualified place like an IRA, et cetera? I am still employed at the company, which is that's uh, that's a tricky one. So um, you got a quick thought, Alan? Well, you need to check with your employer's plan right. as to whether or not they allow in-service distributions in service and rollovers. rollovers. Yeah, yes. it, and it's in no plan. I have not seen a plan that did not that allows you to do that before fifty-nine and a half. So the only ones that do allow you to do it, you're going to have to be at least fifty-nine and a half. But I know Fidelity, Vanguard, and some of those custodians, T. Rowe Price, they they do have it, the ability to do that in the plan. But you have to cha- uh, check with yours. Plan specific. So if you, if it's too expensive or if you just don't like the kinds of, of, um, uh, investment options that are in there, then of course you can roll that, do an in-service rollover and you can even work with a firm like ours to do that, that if once you do that and if, if somebody else manage it for you if you like. So that's, uh, there's a lot of options there. Okay. The other text came in as kind of interesting. So he's asking about the QCDs. So if delayed until April and to say, give us a real number, he says, real example. If RMD is 40,000 and 25% tax bracket, your QCD is 10,000 or the 40,000. 
So kind of so, an interesting question. Sounds like confused on what the QCD really is. Right. So the QCD is whatever you want it to be. <laughs> Up to 100,000. Up to 100,000. Yeah. So if you, if you want, uh, the whole 40,000 to go out to the QCD, then you just advise your custodian of your IRA to take and distribute that to the charities that you name. Yeah. So the actual QCD is not the tax savings. It's the amount of the distribution. So you make a distribution for $40,000. You'll put that in there. Your taxable income will be reduced by 40000 If your tax bracket is 25%, then you will save $10,000 on that distribution. But I say save, but you would have had to have paid taxes on it Anyway, so, I mean, you, you're, and you're making a contribution. If you had made that contribution and was, were able to tax deduction on your Schedule A, you still would have had some benefit from that, but not near really, I don't think, in most cases, the benefit of taking it off, as Alan said earlier, above the line, where you can take that $40,000 off the front of your 1040 and reduce your, your, um, adjusted gross income by that amount. So your second part of that question you sent in was, if delayed until April 1st, 2020, what's the deadline? For the QCD. So really the same answer. The QCD is really, it's not a, it doesn't have a deadline. The, it's, it's, you take that out instead of your required minimum distribution. So it has to be done by this, by the time you'd normally have to take your required minimum distribution. Right. If it, if your question is, okay, if you delayed your first year distribution out of your required minimum distribution until April of the following year, um, can you do the QCD on that required distribution? The answer is no. Right. Your QCD is a calendar year requirement that you have to do. Right. So, and and we were only in this period of time um, with seven and a half and the delaying until the, the April one of the following year. Now, yeah. now if you're seven and a half, you're able to. Let's say you got past December and you hadn't turned the example you gave was he turned 70 in September. Well, he doesn't turn 70 and a half until March. Once he turns 70 and a half. So for 2020, he will have the ability to take a QCD up to the hundred thousand during the calendar year of 2020. Then the following year, when he's 71 and a half, he'll have that same ability because he wouldn't have had turned 72. Once right. he turns 72, then his required minimum distributions will kick in and he'll have to start taking distributions out of his, his IRA. If he doesn't do his RMDs, then he could do the QCDs. Now, the, the QCD question, can be done in, in lieu in, of in or lieu in of, place of your RMD. Right. 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 And yeah. I think a key thing we, we mentioned, uh, but I want to emphasize, because you'll, you'll say when you turn seven and a half, so it's not the year you turn seven and a half, it's the day you turn seven and a half. So if you turn seven and a half March 15th and don't do a QCD till March 16th. So if this year you turn seven and a half and you want, and you're making distributions or contributions, then I would urge you not to make any contributions until after you turn seven and a half and start making all your contributions from the IRA. If you can, it, it may not help you, but it's, it's, it's not going to hurt you. Yes. So yeah, why least, not do that? At yeah. least look at it and, and, and run the numbers, have your CPA 
that prepares your tax return, run the numbers as, as to the benefit of that. Yeah. All this information we talk about, of course, you always want to uh, check with your own tax preparer and see how it fits with your situation. And if, if they say something that's different than what we said, that's, hey, we're not infallible. We could said something wrong. You always want to get back to us because I'm, I'm definitely very, um, concerned about making sure the information we give here on Talking Money is totally accurate, but you know, we're human. So if you find something different, let us know and we could find out that we were wrong. We could find out that the, CPA or tax preparer that you're dealing with is is wrong. So, but but even even Al and I talking today, so we both understood something different on different parts of the tax code. We've both been doing this for a long time. So yeah, it's it's uh, one of those things that even people who do it all the time that that can be something. You, well, my recollection doesn't always recollect like it used to either. So, well, and and one thing to really keep in mind is this Secure Act was just kind of brought right in and attached right. to an appropriations bill. And there's a lot, a lot of unanswered questions that even the gurus that specialize in retirement distribution planning only, that's the only thing they do, they don't know the answers. Right. As we look into the ta- the actual code and the statute of the act itself, it's unclear. And so the IRS, we know, will have to come back with uh Technical, technical corrections, corrections. <laughs> or they'll have to come out with some clarifications. We have, right. we have, you know, 30 years of rulings that we've, we've relied on, especially if you're having those benefits go to a trust. Yeah. That's a lot of the unanswered questions. Right. But the issue we do know is that you need to examine your distributions. Examine who's named as your beneficiaries and make sure that that fits within your plan. Yeah, yeah. And then, and, and we also know that uh, there's no way around the ten-year rule. Okay, don't yeah. don't say don't give us a call and say how do I get out of it. Yeah, but there can. are planning opportunities if you're charitably minded, especially that you could use possibly a charitable remainder trust to help extend beyond what you could get out of the 10-year rule. And that's something you need to call the office yeah. for specifically. And real quickly, we can help you. real quickly clarify, because I, I said I was going to hold your feet to the fire again. So when you have a QCD, but then you're making a, you're now allowed to make a deductible contribution. We've got about a minute and 15 seconds. So there's there's some, some restrictions there too with making a qualified charitable distribution as well as at the same time, you're making a deductible IRA contribution. Right. And both of those are what we call above the line deduction. So you're not going to be able to double up and take a double above the line deduction. Example, you do the 100000 plus you made the 7000 IRA contribution. You're basically going to have to reduce the QCD by the 7000 include that as a $7,000 income. But since you did give the 100000 to charity... Mm-hmm. You get that seven thousand, or it'll placed on your itemized deductions that yeah. is charitable. Now, whether or not you're able to deduct that depends on your other itemized deductions. All right. If you've got more questions, go to talkingmoneyradio.com. Talkingmoneyradio.com. You can submit questions there as well as see the uh, some previous shows and get plenty of great information. Well, thanks for listening to Talking Money today. We'll be back next week for some more great information. See you then.